0: I just came by to stir your soul up a bit. This is the Perfectly Imperfect Podcast with Regina and Christine, where we share our stories as women openly and honestly.
1: We believe it's through our journeys, our happy and sad times that connect us as sisters because we're all perfectly imperfect.
0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Perfectly Imperfect. I'm Regina
1: and I am Christine.
0: Happy Asian American Heritage Month.
1: Oh my god, it is May. Wait, what is that um sync may song?
0: It's gonna be May. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I channeled my uh, inner Justin Timberlake for you.
1: <laughs> oh my god, you definitely brought sexy back. <laughs> Speaking of Asian Heritage Month, this Saturday will be the ISA Identity Yay. LA event, which is a live concert that will feature Dean and us, the duo, and many other live artists. And I will be there, and I will have a booth.
0: Yay! Yay! How
1: exciting! I yeah. know! This is my first crafting booth. It's just a booth where I'm selling my crafts along with Mimi. Mimi. Mimi who designed perfectly imperfect artwork. Yay. Shout out to Mimi. We love her. So yeah, you can come and say hi, drop by. I'm going to have a lot of cutesy things and just want to meet you. Regina will be in New York sending her (laughs) love.
0: Yeah, I'll be there in spirit, guys. Be sure to check out Christine's booth. She makes the cutest little plushies. Maybe you you can have like a cardboard cutout of me just like peering in through a window.
1: That is so creepy. That is so creepy.
0: It's like my theme of cute pastels and magic. And then my face in the background. Yeah.
1: <laughs> creepy cutout face.
0: <laughs> yeah. So be sure to go say hi to Christine and I'll be there in spirit.
1: Yeah, we'll link the event page in the description below. So yeah, come say hi. So what are we talking about today?
0: Today is going to be a bit of a heavier episode. This is a topic that Christine and I have been wanting to do for a while. It's something that's really affected us over the years, and I think that we wanted to be really open and honest and really vulnerable about this topic, and that's the topic of mental health.
1: Yes, it seems like a scarier topic because you don't really talk about this in your life as much. It's not as open of a topic as it should be, I feel. And obviously there are reasons for it and Regina and I both understand those reasons, but we both agreed and really felt strongly about opening up that side with you guys because it is starting that conversation and we want it to be a normal type of conversation. But we do want to emphasize that we in no way are speaking as professionals or that we are telling you guys what you should do. These are just about our experiences, like all of our episodes, we're just speaking to our experience and how we're learning and growing in the process ourselves. And to prepare for this episode, we also read up and researched stuff online, which we definitely encourage all of you guys to do. It always just helps to educate yourself on whether or not you're going through it, but maybe someone in your family or your friends are going through it
0: and yeah and i think that the reason why we wanted to choose this topic is the fact that people don't normally talk about this it's something that not just asian cultures but society in general really likes to sweep under the rug because people have a really hard time understanding something that they can't physically see and i I think that that's really unfortunate because the people who are actually going through those things it makes them feel very small and like it makes them feel very alone
1: Right, right. It definitely is the stigma of society and the stigma of yourself of what the phrase "mental illness" means, and we think of it as, oh my God, is someone in a mental institution yeah. with white walls, all chained up, and
0: in this straight jacket,
1: right? And just the words that come to mind is crazy and psycho and. I directly contribute that to the media because that's where we have that image from. And the reality is, from my own experience, I didn't even understand how common it was and that it bleeds into your everyday life that you don't even know that that's what it is.
0: I think that sometimes it comes in so seamlessly that you don't even realize that it's already affected your life until it's happened. And then you look back and reflect and you're like, oh my gosh, that's totally what has been affecting me the past couple months or years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think we've been conditioned to view mental illness as something that's so traumatic. But when you're going through a tough time, which could be depression, or if you're Anxious about something, feeling hopeless or whatever it is, it's kind of one of those like, well, shake it off or it'll oh, go away. And you don't talk about it because if you talk about it, there's something wrong with you and you're putting light to something that is shameful and embarrassing. Yeah, even in my own family, we never talk about that stuff. So I'm not really that educated when it comes to mental health awareness. So in that sense, there's just no dialogue with it.
0: And this is still a learning process for the both of
1: us. Right. So in your experience, Regina, how, Has mental health affected you and your life?
0: I think I've spoken about this in a couple of past episodes where school was quite a bit of a struggle for me. And the real reason behind that is because I was actually diagnosed with ADHD in high school. I remember I had a really, really hard time balancing my schoolwork and my social life and my parents were getting really concerned. And I remember just always really struggling to be able to focus in class. I would start daydreaming or only pick up on some of the information. That's why I was a terrible note taker. After seeing this kind of common trend of just like struggling to keep up, made me feel like i wasn't good enough and like i wasn't good enough to keep up and so i think that's still a common theme today where i still feel like i'm constantly playing catch up or i'm more willing to let other people take on things because i'm like oh well they're much more qualified than i am because you know i'm i'm slower to learn things or it takes me longer to do something because i always had that like perception of myself so when I started going to therapy and she officially diagnosed me with ADHD, she prescribed me medication that I took for a little bit. I didn't really feel like it helped me a ton, which is why I slowly started weaning myself off of it. But to this day, I feel like it still affects me. Like sometimes in meetings, I notice that my mind does wander or like I need to write everything down. Otherwise I'll forget.
1: I imagine that must have been really frustrating and still is frustrating when you go through that now that you know what it is. Because before, when you weren't diagnosed with ADHD, you internalized that as it was just you. Did you feel sad or did you feel free when you found out that you had ADHD?
0: I definitely think it made me feel free because I finally felt, oh my gosh, I'm not crazy. Like all the things that I was going through, all the things that I was struggling with, it's something that a lot of people struggle with and it's not just me because i think that for the longest time i literally thought that there was something wrong with me like i couldn't see a way out of it
1: just feeling like a little hopeless where this is just what it is this is your life this is you
0: Yeah. And I think it was just always that constant comparison that I had to my friends of being like, well, it's so easy for them to do this. I should be able to, too. What's so wrong with me that makes me different? And I think that it was that constant comparison that made me feel insignificant and insufficient.
1: Right, right. How did that conversation start? did you talk to your parents about it first? Did they talk to you about it? And was it awkward? Was it
0: weird? Yeah. After I got diagnosed. Before you got diagnosed. Oh.
1: So when you first noticed these signs of being easily distracted and feeling frustrated about that, was that something that your parents picked up on that there could be something off about that? Or you were the one that was like, hey... I I might need to talk to someone or...
0: I think my parents always noticed that with me. If they were to, you know, help me through a math problem, I'd get everything right and then make a careless mistake at the last step. And so they always attributed it to the fact that like, oh, maybe she's just lazy or she's just careless or she just doesn't pay attention as much. Which, you know, as a parent, I don't blame them for that because I think that it's frustrating for them too when they spend Mm -hmm. hours teaching me something and they're like, oh, she finally got it. Okay, here's the final question for you to Prove to me that you really know how to do it and then like I make a mistake at the very end so I think to them they always knew that something was a little off but I don't think that they would have identified it as ADHD they probably knew what ADHD was they probably have heard of ADHD but I don't think that they would have ever thought like oh my daughter has ADHD and I think that that's something that a lot of parents before their children are actually clinically diagnosed they have the tendency to be like oh well not my child right I think in a sense is kind of their parental way of protecting them. But, you know, there are also some parents who do it to a very intense degree where they don't even let their child speak up about what they're struggling with or how they're feeling to the point where they suppress that diagnosis, even if there is an official one made.
1: When you describe what you're going through with ADHD and an ability to focus and being easily distracted and making careless mistakes, those sound like very everyday type of things that a lot of people go through. Mm -hmm. And I could see how you tell yourself, snap out of it. Are you not getting this? This is so like, focus, focus, focus.
0: Yeah. And it's like a frustrating thing too, because for the most part, I know these things, like I know how to do it, but I would still at the end of the day, make mistakes. And I was reading up on ADHD before we started recording. And another symptom is that they're really, really big procrastinators. And I know that this is also like another thing that parents like oh my child's just super lazy and like a huge procrastinator but I was the worst procrastinator to the point where I would watch tv till 3 a.m knowing that I had a paper due at 8 a.m sleep for two hours wake up at 5 a.m and crank out an entire paper before I had to go get ready for school at 7 a.m and get to school by 8 a.m
1: that actually sounds like an amazing (laughs) skill (laughs) to have
0: was extremely sleep deprived for most of high school. I think it's just one of those things where like I couldn't get anything done without a sense of urgency. Mm. If someone is relying on me to get this done by this day, I would wait till the last minute because that's when I felt like, oh yeah, I should probably get around to doing that now.
1: <laughs> I have noticed that about you like before yeah. we're working together and then it was always like, oh, this is, this just Regina. But when you describe mm. it, it makes sense because it's just how your mind works and how it prioritizes things. Mm-hmm. You said that this is when you you're in high school and you were diagnosed how are you dealing with it now in your daily life and then you don't take medication for it so how has the process been for you
0: I think my way of trying to overcome this is by, you know, setting goals for myself. That's why I've bought like 30 planners for 2017 because I really wanted to give myself goals and actually accomplish them. My theme for 2017 has been just do it, just start doing things and committing to things. Kind
1: of as you're wearing a Nike shirt. I know,
0: right? As I'm wearing my Nike t shirt to be honest, I was getting really sick and tired of hearing myself make excuses. And through that, I mean, it's only been about three months, but I've already noticed a trend that I still have extreme productivity and then extreme procrastination. And so I'm trying to find that balance where I don't get burnt out. That's still something that I'm working towards every day. I have a lot going on at the same time because that's just how my brain works. So for me to make to-do lists, even if it's something as trivial as like, oh, don't forget to delete this. Sometimes I'll write that down and then it feels like a really big accomplishment when I get to cross it off my list.
1: (laughs) That is always nice when you get to like run
0: your pen through. So satisfying.
1: So did you think therapy helped? Why don't you continue therapy?
0: That's a really good question actually. I think that I would like to go back just in the sense that I feel like I've grown so much. The way that I dealt with my ADHD back in high school and now are completely different. I honestly need to go figure out how to do that through my insurance right now. But I definitely think... Adulting. I know, adulting. But it's definitely on my list of things. It is something that I feel that everyone should go to. It's very therapeutic obviously, because it's therapy, (laughs) but it just, it makes you feel cleansed afterwards because you can talk to people, you can tell them your problems, you can tell them your issues. And hearing someone tell you that that's normal, that actually fits this category of, you know, millions of people who go through the same thing. it, It feels very freeing.
1: It feels very validating,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I haven't gone to therapy yet, but I definitely have been a huge proponent of viewing therapy as kind of a mental cleaning, just like when you go in for teeth cleaning. It's just one of those things where every single person on this planet goes through stuff, goes mm-hmm. through experiences that can traumatize you, that leave a negative impact. And then when you don't deal with it in your mind internally, it just festers and grows and mental <laughs> bacteria forms. So it can lead to deterioration of your mind. It can lead to just really, really bad ways that you see yourself, the world. I feel like it can be taken care of with baby steps of mental cleaning. And I say that because I have gone through that my entire life of just having this internal struggle, as I'm sure a lot of you guys out I'm sure everyone out there does, right? And you always feel like, ugh, just be better or like get over it and you write journals, you go travel, you go out to nature and you try to like do an internal cleanse, but it still comes back some way. There's certain things that you cannot let go. You can't forgive. You can't forgive yourself. You can't forgive other people and you can't move on. And for some people, I think you just revert back to, well, I'm just going to sweep it underneath the rug and pretend it doesn't exist. And I totally get that because that's how my family dealt with things and currently still deals with things. We've been better because I've been really forward about Hey, mom and dad and my brother, I want to talk about this and openly and honestly hearing someone who actually has spent years studying this and currently in the field, they know what they're talking about. When you hear someone tell you who's a professional, you're not crazy. (laughs) It's not just you it validates you or else you're just in your own head about it you're kind of trapped
0: and constantly feeling like there's something wrong with you Yes, and i think that that's what everybody gets so wrapped up in what is wrong with me why can't i get it together and that's not the way that you should be approaching mental health i think that a lot of it goes back to self-care being in like a good mindset and if you're constantly beating yourself up about it no one's gonna get better in this process I know that this is more of a recent diagnosis for you, but do you want to share your experience with mental health?
1: Yes, this is something that I was talking about it with Regina and her sharing. And thank you so much for sharing your experience with ADHD and being so open about it. Because I know it's not easy to just talk about it and then talk about it publicly. But I am currently depressed <laughs> when I and I laugh
0: and then there's a and it falls with a giggle. <laughs> I know.
1: I don't mean to. I'm saying that because. I am very happy to put a name to what I've been going through. It's been something I've been struggling with for over a year. I won't go into too much detail about it, but there were a lot of personal events that happened in my life all at the same time. And I, I think I was just numb and traumatized from it all that I ignored it when it happened. I literally just like shut down from all of those things happening. And I was like, okay, just work, 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 work. And then this past year was my time to rest and restructure. And I just fell into what I thought was a rut. I really just felt like, okay, it's been a, it's been a couple weeks. It's been a month. It's been three months. Oh my God, it's been a year and I did not realize it's 2017 already and I still don't want to get out of bed. I have no energy for anything. It's like I can sleep all day and still feel so fatigued as if I like ran a marathon. The things that interested me before and I was really passionate about didn't do anything for me anymore. I just didn't care for anything. I had difficulty concentrating. I lacked motivation and I just felt like a shell of a person. And to me, it's been slowly day by day process getting better, but before it would be like almost every single day. And I just didn't feel myself in my relationship with Jack, with my personal friendships and relationship with my family. I just wasn't, even my mom was like, you're not you. The things that happened have really changed you. And you're not the same daughter that I had a year ago. To me, it was something that I just kept telling myself, snap out of it when i was around people that's where i realized when i was talking to people having really great conversations i felt rejuvenized And that's why I wanted to do more and more one-on-one conversations. I'm doing this podcast and doing the show. Let's be honest. Those were the moments that brought me back to what I felt was myself again. But when I wasn't doing that, I felt exhausted. That totally depleted my energy. And it wasn't until I had an unrelated conversation with my brother who brought up the topic of depression. And I was like, what? (laughs) You know, it, it was like a delayed reaction of like a week where I was like, oh my God, do I have depression? Am I depressed? I really, honestly asked. I was like, oh, Jack, am I depressed? You know? And I didn't even, it didn't even click that I probably have symptoms of it. I just never knew that much about it. Depression to me always looked like a picture of someone who was just really sad. Or you know those Prozac commercials where they talk about like the chemical imbalance?
0: Yeah, and then it's like a sad ball bouncing very slowly. Yeah! <laughs>
1: I always felt really sad with that ball and had like a really sad flower. Yeah. And I was like, like, yes, I'm that ball. Yeah. So I decided to talk to my primary doctor about it. I was saying that I wanted to get therapy last year. Actually, for two years, I was like, I want to get therapy. I want to get therapy. It was something that was like you. It was like, it's kind of on my to-do list, but I never got around to do it. Then I stopped working and I was like, well, I don't have money to pay for therapy. And I I felt like Mm -hmm. I probably needed the most this past year, but I just, you know, didn't do it. So I talked to my primary doctor about, oh, does my insurance possibly cover this and getting more information about it? And he started asking me very specific questions, like, how often do you feel tired and do you feel like a sense of hopelessness sometimes? Like feeling empty or guilty about things and just all the things that I had talked about before. He had definitely asked if you know I was suicidal and everything, and I'm not. He asked me all of like what I've been through and how long it's been and all of that. And afterwards he's like you are, you are depressed. Like I almost cried when he said this to me, when I was describing what I've been through and that I felt that people that I love the most had hurt me the most. I couldn't and still can't get over that. My biggest fear is being hurt by the people I love the most because I have nothing left. I've given you everything and you've the sense of rejection, right? Or that sense of you're not good enough. It cuts so deep. When I told that to my doctor, he just said, It's not your fault. You shouldn't have to go through that. You didn't have to go through that. And for me, I hadn't been mulling about it for, for two years now. Basically, man up, Christine. Like, just get over it. Move on with your life.
0: From my perspective, I always wanted to make sure that you knew that it wasn't your fault. But I think that when you're the one who's like the first person, the kind of main character in it, like, you can't see outside of that. You see these events happening to you and you're like, what is it about me that is causing this?
1: Yeah. Like, what am I doing? What have I done? What can I change? What could I have done to prevent that? So when I heard it from my doctor and he he recommended therapy, which I am now in the process of finding a therapist. I'm very happy about that. Yeah. I'm in the beginning of this journey and I feel a real big sense of relief. Honestly, I really do, because I want to get better, and I don't believe in the stigma of "Oh my God, you're mentally ill, yeah like. There's something wrong with you and please go deal with that on your own. For me, I actually have been talking about it more and more and being open about it. And then actually by doing so, I realized there's a lot, a lot of my friends and people that are going through the exact same thing, gone through the same things. Many of them seeing therapists for years and taking antidepressants and other type of medication. And it's more common than I thought. And, a lot, and then now that I have studied upon it, I actually see it in a lot of people. Not that I'm like diagnosing them, but I'm like, <laughs> right?
0: Hmm, could, could it be? Yeah, and I think that one of the things that makes it difficult to diagnose depression is that everybody has bad days. Yes. You know, everybody has those days where they can't get up. I technically have never been diagnosed with depression, but I've definitely had those days where I wake up and I just, I can't get out of bed. I don't want to get out of bed. I just want to lie in bed. I want to watch TV. I don't want to do anything anything and I believe that it's the length of time that you're kind of stuck in this rut and we've all been there so that's why I think that when it does get into this diagnosis it does feel very freeing it feels like wow there are these people who have gone through this I can get help and this is something that not necessarily that I want I can fix but like I can work towards getting better and every day is a new day for me to help myself or help those around me
1: yeah there's hope again to restoring Mm -hmm. who you are and reaching your greatest potential. I felt like there was a block in that. And I heavily attributed that to me being weak. Like I was like, you're so weak right now.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. I remember for me, like always thinking like, look outside. Everyone else is outside living their life, reaching their goals, reaching their success. And why are you just sitting here? You feel this sense of like uselessness.
1: I feel like you feel more isolated because you're going through this alone and you also can't talk about it with other people. That's why I feel it's important to open up these discussions. And it may not lead to a diagnosis or something life-changing, but I feel like once you start talking about it or even as friends, you have that open mind and open energy to allow someone in your life to talk about it. That's how we start changing the stigma of mental health. And the statistic that one out of four people in the world will be affected by a mental disorder or health at some point of their lives is a real statistic. That's like one out of four people. So it's not really just not just you. So we need to get over this public and self-stigma of mental illness as if you're crazy and not use words that are like crazy, psychotic and being more open in the sense that It helps everybody when you're able to talk about and when you're able to go get help because when you're affected by mental illness, it affects everyone around you in your life. And if one in four people are going through this in the world, then you know that we're greatly affected by it in society when it comes to our relationships with each other. I really believe that's why there's so much violence and hate and all this craziness in the world because these are things that people aren't dealing with it. Yeah, people aren't dealing with it. It's pent-up
0: anger that, you know, is overlooked that people feel angry that they're not fitting in with society or angry that, you know, they're not being understood. And I think for me as well, I think recently I've started to deal with a little bit of anxiety where I start getting really nervous. My mind just goes crazy thinking about all the different scenarios and possible scenarios that can come from something to the point where it's affecting my sleep. And let me tell you, I'm really good at sleeping. when I get anxious, all of those feelings and emotions get exaggerated. And it makes me feel like, oh, I'm not doing enough. But then when I do too much, it makes me anxious. And so it's always this like push and pull of emotions of, you know, trying to find a balance between doing a lot and not doing enough. That can force me into those days where I'm just in a black hole and I'm like, I don't want to talk to anyone. And for me, I've noticed the importance of having those days, of giving myself that time to recuperate. And not looking at those days, being upset about how unproductive you are, but being happy that you got to spend that time to yourself and cleanse.
1: Absolutely. And there are a lot of resources online for you to look into mental health. We'll link all of the stuff in the description. But you can actually take tests in a screening process. And I I did it myself. And they ask you quick questions. And then it gives you insight. And maybe you have anxiety. Maybe you are depressed. And... You know, it's not like a diagnosis, but it's something where you're like, oh, okay, maybe I can bring this up to my doctor. So in my instance, I talked to my doctor who gave me more information and was able to diagnose me, but also recommended how I can continue seeking help. Maybe for some people out there, that's too big of a step and that's okay. That's why we wanted to have this episode because we want to encourage you to talk about it with somebody.
0: And I think that if you personally feel like you're not ready to take that first step of talking to someone about it, maybe try researching it, reading some online forums of what other people have to say about how they got diagnosed or how they overcame or are going through some of the mental health issues. That's kind of like a really good step if you're you know, not the type of person to run to people and you know, start telling them about your problems. Because I remember the first time I ever Googled the symptoms of ADHD, It was like a light bulb that went off. I was like, oh my gosh, yes. I felt like someone was like reading my mind. I think that that gave me kind of the courage and first steps of being like, all right, I want to talk about this. I'm open to talking about this. I want to raise awareness of this so that people can help me through it. And I think that it was that kind of reliability on my friends that I was able to help myself out of it because, you know, my friends will give me kind of like productivity trackers or like they'll give me ideas of how I can calm my mind down and have a reset button.
1: And the importance of all of this and seeking help ultimately is that it can help you faster and it can improve your quality of life and everyone's searching for their happy. And if there's something preventing you from reaching your happy, then it's not beyond any of us to ask for help. That's what I learned. It's totally okay to reach out and admit that. It doesn't mean that you've lost. If anything, this is your life. Nobody has a right to say or judge you.
0: It's not a sign of weakness.
1: No, it's not. If anything, it's a sign of strength. It really is because you are trying to get your life back. You are trying to be the best person for you and other people around you. And the more that you don't deal with it, the more that you put it off, just know it can be like a cavity I keep bringing it back to teeth cleaning because it can grow and it could be painful. It could throb and then you have to extract that tooth out. Then it affects your entire mouth with other teeth. It's just something that, ugh, you know, <laughs> it, it can, I feel like a lot of people who don't deal with it, they yeah. resort to other things and other outlets that aren't healthy for them. Like addiction that allow them
0: an escape. Yes. It's not really an escape. It's a temporary relief and they're constantly avoiding that problem to the point where it becomes so unmanageable.
1: Yeah, that's where I feel like a lot of people are and they don't want to admit it because when you get to that point, that's when it's really hard to deal with it because it's a monster of a situation versus if you start seeing the signs of you just not feeling, taking taking a step-by-step day-by-day, talking about it, releasing it slowly, then you can deal with it before it gets to that point. So that is really why we wanted to open up and share our experience with mental health awareness. Really, that really is. And it's not as daunting of a thing as society has made it to be. And you're not alone.
0: And if any of you ever want to reach out to us to talk about some of the struggles that you're going through, we're always here to listen. You know, we want to open up this conversation so that we can normalize this. We know, sometimes
1: it's hard to talk about it with your close friends and family. Sometimes the best way is to just write it in an email and you can send it to me and Regina and there's no judgment there. There's only open arms and understanding. So I feel Really happy that I talked about this.
0: Yeah. And thank you so much for being so open and honest about it. Because I think, you know, as I said earlier, a lot of these symptoms seem very normal. Everybody has their bad days. But, you know, to really be able to talk about it openly, to be able to even bring in stories about your family and how that's affected everyone involved and your relationships with them. I I don't know. I I felt like I was like tearing up when you were talking about that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) When I said when I love openly and hard, like Regina is one of those people that I love so much. But yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode of Perfectly Imperfect and spending your
0: time with us. Yeah, we really, really appreciate you guys tuning in every week and having these conversations with us because it reminds us that we're not alone either.
1: Yeah. If you want to keep the conversation going on your end or there's any thoughts that you have throughout the week or whatever, you can follow us on all our social media platforms. All the links are listed in the description. And yeah, don't ever feel like you're bothering us. I feel like there are a lot of people that are like, I'm so
0: sorry. Don't apologize. We love hearing from you. No, we love, we live for those comments. We're so excited every single time we receive one. So don't be afraid to reach out. Yeah, you guys are our friends. So yeah. All right, then till next
1: week. Bye. Bye.